This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. please turn with me to the gospel of Mark chapter 12. I failed to do this last week. Who all got breakfast last Sunday morning? Who showed up to get breakfast last? I know somebody did because there was some pancakes cooked. Amen. On, um, on family day, Sister Donna and Sister Pam have taken it on their, their self. And I'm sure anybody that would love to join them, they would appreciate that. Uh, but they had the heart to uh, start a ministry to feed you something. And so on family day, on the fourth Sunday of the month, they're providing breakfast, a hot breakfast, not just them fancy little muffins and cinnamon swirls back there in the plastic container, but they had the gas griddle lit up over there Sunday morning cooking pancakes and sausage. So if you didn't get nothing to eat, you missed out. I'm just telling you, they were here without you. Uh, But I so appreciate them. And it's an opportunity for us just to get together and celebrate and be together. Amen? I love to eat. Do you love to eat? Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had an answer, he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher. Well, duh, he's Jesus. You've spoken truth, for there is one God and there's no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, when Jesus saw that the man answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared to question him. I don't think I would have either. Would you? I want to start a series of conversations today entitled All In. All In. And we're going to pick apart this, these few verses of Scripture, this response that Jesus gave to what's the most important commandment. What is the Bible summed up? What's the law summed up in a nutshell? And Jesus gives this profound statement that uh, they're waiting on him to fail, in case you didn't know, and there's plenty of people waiting on you to fail. Amen? There are people standing back waiting on me to fall flat on my face, but I can't walk around thinking about who they are and what they are because they're not normal if they're like that, but they're like that. But I can't think about who they are, what they are, what they want from me, but all I can do is do my very best to maintain the integrity of the Word of God and give my answer to the very best of my ability, which Jesus has so well given us an example of. Now, Don't judge me for a moment. 
Brian and Pastor Jonathan took me to the gym Friday. What day was it? Friday for the first time other than one other time in my life. I'm ready for my schmedium shirts now. Just kidding. And I always have had this terrible fear of the gym. First of all, I had a best friend that took me to the gym years back, and he was being himself and pushed me beyond what my body could handle. And I put every muscle across my chest and couldn't move my arms for days. I think that they might would have done that to me on Friday, but I had enough sense this time not to let them. I quit. But I've always had this, like, insecurity about going to the gym. I gain weight. My back hurts. I don't feel good. I know that I need to change some things in my way of life, but I don't want to go to the gym. I've always had these issues. There's going to be this dude in there wearing his schmedium shirt that his muscles are like rocks on his arm, and, and it's just, I'm, I don't want to do this. Here's little old me with this little pop belly that I don't want to go to the gym. So I let them talk me into it. And it would honestly blow your mind. Pastor Jonathan set the standard. Every machine we got on, he'd set the weight. Do you see the difference between he and I anyway? And I sure won't going to be the guy that couldn't do it, right? So every machine he sat down on, he set the weight. He did his reps. I sat down. Actually, Brian sat down. Now, you know you see the difference between David and Goliath, right? It is mind-blowing how strong he is. He could do anything Jonathan could do, with the exception of a leg press. And I really don't think it was the way. I think it was the, the height issue and him not being able to extend his legs. I love you. I'm just being real. I'm bragging on you. He blew my mind. I told Micah, I said, Micah, I'm amazed. He's half my body weight and could do anything in the world we could do in the gym. It's unreal. And then I'd sit down and I'd be like, Lord, have mercy. I'm not going to be able to do this whatsoever. I'm about to make a complete fool of myself, and this is going to be horrible. All of my insecurities and doubts and failures are about to flood on top of me in Planet Fitness because I can't do what they can do. Brian has just done this. Who's half my body weight? I should be able to do it. I did everything except the end. But point is, I learned something about Planet Fitness and I look forward to going back. It's a judgment-free zone. That's very interesting to me. It's a judgment-free zone. I just told you that whole long story to say this. Don't judge me about what I'm about to say. Okay? We used to play poker. We did. It's a family game to us that's fun. Sit down with cousins and uncles and... We deal out the cards, and we've got plastic poker chips. No money is involved whatsoever. It's just a game, no different than a board game for us. And we used to play, and it would go on and on and on and on and on and on. And finally, you get to the point, either you're tired of hearing people in the other room argue, and you're ready to go home, or you know you're just fed up with what's going on, or you have some serious confidence in what's in your hand, and you get to a place and you say, I'm all in, right? 
That either means you're completely crazy and you're trying to bluff your way out of how deep you've got yourself, or it means that you are ready to give up completely and walk out the door, or it means you're confident enough that you're willing to sacrifice everything on what you hold, right? You're willing to go all in. So, that term all in has always kind of been coined to the poker game. But in more modern contemporary language, we've said we're going all in in so many different ways. In a business deal or in a relationship or I'm doing my best at my job to get a promotion, I'll go all in. Whatever it is, if you got married, you thought you were ready to go all in. Hopefully by now you figured out that whether you thought you were or not, you're all in. But there's all these different scenarios that you could tell me of us going all in. Jesus had this understanding long before anybody came up with a card game or anybody started walking through society to give their best. Jesus is asked this question, what is the most important, what is the, the top commandment above everything else? What could you tell me if you could sum it all up? Now, I'm waiting on you to fail, so be careful not to trip over your words. But if you could sum all of this up in, in one sentence, if you could tell me one thing, Jesus, what would it be? He would say, you got to go all in. First and foremost, hear Israel, the Lord your God is one. That means there's nobody else before him. There's not going to be anybody that will ever resemble or equal him afterwards. He's one. Understanding that the Lord your God is, is number one, because Jesus is a mastermind that took actually all the commandments and all the law and summed them up into one sentence. So he said, understanding that the Lord your God is the one true God and you should have no other gods before him, understanding that, let me tell you how to love him. You love him with an all-in mentality. You love him with everything that you are. But Jesus is quoting some Old Testament scripture. He's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verses 4 and 5, this is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then he pairs that up together for where he is the mastermind that he is, and he says, but the second is like it, meaning it's just as important. You ha can't have one without the other. You have to know that, that the, the God is number one. You've got to love him with everything that you are, but just as importantly, you love your neighbor as yourself. And it comes from Leviticus 19, 18. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. I've pondered on this thought process, this verse of Scripture that we'll quote, that we'll, it's just, it's been a, 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 in the threads of who we are as a Christian church. You can roll it off your tongue. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I figured out that most of the times those statements that will roll off our tongue the fastest are the ones that are the shallowest in our life. 
I figured out that you can quote, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But it's really, really hard for you to love the world. It's hard for me to love the world. And it's easy for it to roll off. Know that the Lord your God is one and love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's much, much easier to let it roll out of my mouth than to literally give up every piece of who I am to make it happen. Right? Okay, it can just be about me. And so the very first thing that Jesus said is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. The Hebrew word for heart is cardia. Would be where we get cardio, cardiac, cardiovascular, cardia. And the, the word would mean inner self. But this has got to be deeper than just to say inner self. We see that same word used in Luke chapter 24, verse 32. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn with passion or burn while he talked to us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? I wonder how long it's been since our heart burned when we read the word of God. And then Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength, my shield, my heart trusted in him and I helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices in my song. I will praise him. And then Luke again in chapter 6, verse 45 says, A good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his speaks. So there's something deep down inside of us that Scripture is referencing as the heart, right? But in the conversation that Jesus is having, it really can't be our inner soul, because he lays out a different word for soul. It can't be our inner strength because he lays out a different word for our strength. And it can't really be our thought process because he gives us the mind. So what's he trying to say when he says you got to love the Lord your God with all of your heart? One commentator said this sometimes means the whole inner man, as in Proverbs 4.23, but that cannot be meant here. This is just a commentator. It's not the gospel. He says, for the other three particulars would be superfluous. Very often it means our emotional nature, the seat of feeling distinguished from our intellectual nature or the seat of thought, commonly called the mind. He said, there's a lot of times that it means the emotional nature of who you are, the heart of who you are. You get to the heart of the matter, you're getting to the root, to the emotional situation. You're getting down deep to what's really going on. He said, but then there's times that it often is the intellectual nature or the seat of thought. Our heart would stem the thoughts. I personally believe that's backwards. What you think, you, turn, you tend to believe. And what you believe becomes your actions. And what, what you act out becomes your habits. Your habits become your lifestyle. But it can't be either one of those because Jesus has already said, 
You love the Lord with your soul and with your mind, but this is separate. It's the heart. And this commentator says, then the heart then must here mean the sincerity of both the thoughts and the feelings. So it's not only okay to love the Lord your God with all of your thoughts, to think on Him, as the Word says, to meditate on Him both day and night. And it's not okay to feel toward Him. It's not okay to have the feeling, oh, Lord, I love you. You're a good God. I feel good today. It's not only okay to have the intellectual and the emotional side, but either one of those without the sincerity of, of those are no good. I can speak all day long praises of the Lord, but if there's not a sincerity in my heart, there's not truth down to the core being of who I am that I believe it, it's useless. I can say I'm going to show love to everybody around me. I can say I'm showing love to the Lord, but even if I'm loving Him in vain, but there's not sincerity in what I'm doing, it's pointless. It's no different than, husbands, if you go home, You wash all the laundry. She gets home and she's so proud. Oh, I just love you, honey. And you said, yes, darling, I did it for you. No, and good enough, well, you did it so she wouldn't fuss at you for not doing it. You didn't do that laundry with sincerity and love for doing something as an act of service for her. Right? It got done. But what heart did it get done with? I can recognize that God is God. Putting Him above everything else in my life. But I'm only doing it to receive the outpouring of the blessings that He can give me. That's baloney. Because if I'm loving God for what I can get back out of it, I'm missing the point entirely. The sincerity of my love is useless. I can serve Him. Brother Booth stands at that door. Every service he can possibly get here. And loves his job as a doorman. You know what he told me the other day? He said, I was so thankful for my promotion to janitor. Yeah. He don't do anything so you walk by and pat him on the back. He don't do anything to get to shake your hand. There's a sincerity in what he's doing. I'm sorry, Bruce, that I'm calling you out this morning and I'm pointing you out. You can serve to get the recognition. You can serve to even bring some glory to the house or bring some glory to yourself. But Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all sincerity, everything of who you are is going to define the result of your actions. Why do I do what I do? Is it for me? Is it for other people? Or is it simply for the fact that I recognize God is God? 
and that I don't have to really understand all the law books, and I don't have to understand all the intricate details of what God gave the children of Israel. I don't have to make sure I'm living it to a T. Notice Jesus didn't do away with that. He reinforced it. What's the greatest commandment he pulled from Deuteronomy and Leviticus? That means they're not going anywhere. It just means he showed me grace and taught me how I can actually fulfill and I can abide by what it is he's called me to do. Sincerity means the quality of being free from pretense, deceit, or hypocrisy. Pretense is to do something, or it's the trait of not being something that it's not. The trait. If you have pretense, I'm getting my words messed up. To have pretense means there is something that's not intended to be. You're portraying something that is not true. Meaning sincerity, if I'm sincere in my actions toward Micah, like I'm telling you, if I'm sincere in doing that laundry, I did it without any pretense. I did it with the full disclosure. I simply washed these clothes because I wanted to make you happy. I expected nothing in return. I did it without pretense. I did it full disclosure. There was no rhyme or reason whatsoever. Sincerity is without pretense, without deceit, without hypocrisy. To love God in a a sincere way would mean, and here on Sunday morning when I stand and I sing the song, It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. I'm going to give you my victory. But then I turn and walk out the door. I'm going to live like I'm defeated. That's hypocrisy. Or to to say I'm full of love and I stand here and none of us are perfect. Don't mishear me. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Only because of the love of Jesus, because he loved the world enough, which I was a part of, to bring me into the family. But we, we come in and we got it all together. Looked like we got it all together. Put on our church face and hide behind, as the Casting Crown song said, the stained glass masquerade. And then walk out the door and walk around defeated and busted up and messed up and There's no sincerity in that. I'd rather you walk in the door busted up, can't even hold yourself together, falling apart. You don't know how to even hold yourself up in the house and then walk out the same way. Then I would rather you come in fake and then walk out and be something different. What's the purpose? There's no sense in a facade. None of us have it together. This guy will be the first to tell you, I don't have it together. There's a lot of days I wake up overwhelmed. I don't have it together. So if I can say that, why in the world would make you think you can't? We're family. I'm saying all that to say, 
be sincere in your love. God can't fix a problem that we are hiding. He can't fix a problem we want to withdraw and keep. Because when we, we withdraw and we keep it, then it's now Lord over our lives and not, oh, hear, hear O oh Israel, the Lord your God is one. When, when our problem, when our situation is overwhelming us and we're withdrawing in that and we'll put on this face and we'll act like everything's okay. He can't fix it. When we open wide up, as sincere as we, God, take me in all my failures and all my flaws and all my mess-ups, all my insecurities, all my battles. I love you, Lord, with everything that I am, including my failures. There's sincerity. None of the rest of it matters. If our walk is not sincere. See, we serve a God that knows the ins and outs of who we are. We serve a God that knows the thoughts that we think. The enemy doesn't know the thoughts that you think. God is all-knowing. Don't give the devil more credit he deserves. He's dumb. He don't know you're having a bad day till you tell him. He don't know the temptation you're battling till you tell him. What what does our life look like? Will you come play something soft for me, please? What's the sincerity of who we are? Holy Spirit moved in this house a few minutes ago. The person of the Holy Spirit that we talked about weeks ago came up in this place and walked through and ministered in hearts today. I hope your sincerity or lack thereof didn't cause you to miss a moment from ministering to you. I'm going somewhere. It's not all clear because I believe if God ever gives us the end game at this point in life, we would never have the boldness to take the journey. And as I prayed and asked the Lord direction. And I tried to process where are we doing, where am I going, where are we headed? Sister Margaret said the other day, you're a man with a plan. I'm just a man that knows a man. I'm a man that knows the man. And I got a plan I can't tell you the clear direction of that plan because I get it as we go. I'm saying all that, though, to say this. 
The next step in this journey is this heart of this message today. We can go nowhere. We, can, we can't go forward. We can probably go backwards, but who wants to do that? We can't progress. You cannot progress spiritually to what God wants to take you to at the next place in your personal life until you open up and you're brutally honest. You're going to be honest with me. I prefer you to lie to me. Just be honest. It works, right? Sincerity works. There's no reason to lie to yourself. There's no reason to lie to God. Maybe it's not intentional. We've got to recognize. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. He is first and foremost against everything else. If you'll get in behind Him, it'll be okay. You gonna hit some bumps? Sure. But you're following a Mack truck knocking them out of the way before you. I'm just being real. I don't mind being the little guy on a lifeboat following the ship that's pushing the mess out of the way in front of me. If I flow over it, great. I'll flow over it. But I know that the ship, the, the captain that's guiding the ship, the ship in front of me, as long as I'm following his leading, has already been before me and he's pushed anything out of my way. I'm still going to feel the effects of it. Life isn't perfect. Life happens. We're not excluded from that. But me hitting that iceberg behind that massive ship is nothing as if I tried to hit it before he hit it. Right? But until I know my place and get in behind him and walk in all sincerity, loving God with my whole heart, I'm off on my own left up to the winds and the waves and the seas. We love God. We, we say that. I don't question that. I don't question that each one of us in the house love God to the very best of our ability with what we can see and what we can think with our own mind. I'm just trying to challenge you to open your mind and open your eyes just a little bit. How long have we been stuck in the place that we're at? Because we're misguided and we're, we're not walking in sincerity. We serve. We love people. We love God. But where in the world's the motive? I believe wholeheartedly that Bruce would show up to hold that door if none of you ever walked in it again. I believe he'll beat you to church 99 times out of 100 for the next 10 years. Because he doesn't do it for you. He doesn't go scrub toilets, so you got a clean one to sit down on, ladies.
I'm thankful that he does do it. Where's our sincerity in what we're doing? I believe wholeheartedly that this is a message that if each one of us would be real and search down deep in our hearts, we would realize there's some areas of our life where we've not been sincere. Whether it be in your relationships, whether it be in your work. So, Pastor, that has nothing to do with me loving the Lord. That has everything to do with you loving the Lord. Because if you love God and you understand that there is one true God and He's above everything else in life, that means everything we do falls under the umbrella of our love for God. Everything we do. The way we love people, Jesus has put it just a couple lines under the way that we love the Lord. He said, this is like that. That we love people with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in the same way, with all sincerity. And if we'll be honest, there's some places in our life, maybe we're fooling ourselves, but I promise you're not fooling God. I want to ask that you would just challenge yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you those areas of your life today where you're not sincere. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your guidance, for your direction. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the strength and the boldness to minister the word of God. I thank you that you've gone before me to prepare a way and you're the big ship and I can just simply be on the lifeboat following along as long as I'm hanging on and following your presence. God, I thank you that you're taking us somewhere. You're taking us to a, a new place. This is always a journey. We're always on the move. There's never a time to get complacent. There's never a time to stop and get stale and get stagnant. We can appreciate the season we're in. We can be content, but we cannot be complacent. Father, and I thank you that you're challenging us. And there's got to be some growing pains. There's got to be some, some stretching in order for us to go to the next place. Lord, you know where we're going. You know where we're headed. You know where we've been. God, as we stand and examine our hearts today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go to each one of us individually right now and you would begin to show us the areas of our life where we've not been sincere, where we've, we've been loving you with pretense, we've been loving you with, with, with our own agenda, we've been loving you with our own set of rules, our own wants, our own desires out of this relationship. God, it doesn't work like that. Holy Spirit, teach us your ways. Hallelujah. Family, if you're willing to take a moment with me to join together in prayer, as we go all in, as 
We go all in with our personal lives. The Holy Spirit's led you. He's directed you. You're ready to be sincere. You're ready to approach this with all sincerity. And you're willing to go all in on this journey with me. Would you join me down here in the altar for just a couple moments for us to pray together as we prepare to dismiss? We as a house can't go all in until you get your house in order, your, your personal self, and you're walking in sincerity. Sincerity in your worship, in your love, in your service for the Lord. Come on, just begin to pray for a moment. Father, I ask your forgiveness today for the times of my life that have not been sincere that I've not recognized your divine place in my life, that I've not put you above everything else. Father, I ask your forgiveness, and I pray from this moment, looking forward, God, Holy Spirit, I give you every area of my life to convict me, to turn me, to shape me, to show me the times when I'm not sincere. When my actions and my words and my, my service, my heart does not reflect sincerity of what I say that it should. Father, we just open ourselves up wide open to you to give you every room in our heart, every dark place that we don't want to go to, every dark place we won't let nobody see. Father, we give it to you in all sincerity, opening everything up that we are so that you can change us, you can mold us, you can shape us, you can help us to grow into who it is you want us to be. We're going to walk in sincerity. Father, as a house today, as a ministry that you put in place years and years ago, Father, as a movement that you joined some group of people together, Lord, on the side of the river, and you, you sparked a revival, Lord, I pray, God, as this house, Lord, we would say we're going to be sincere in what we say we're going to do. And what we do, God, we're going to do it with a pure heart, with a sincere heart, to, to, to put you above everything else, to love you, God, more than anything else. We're only doing it because of who you are. We're going to love your people because of who you are. I worship you, Lord. God, we give you everything that we are. Come on, would you take just a minute and let's worship the Lord. Tell him you just give him yourself. Come on, sing it one more time and just give him everything that we are. Father, I'm going to be sincere with you. Father, I love you. I thank you for this beautiful time we've had together. Holy Spirit, I thank you for showing up and meeting us here today. I thank you for the ministry that you've, you've done in each one of our hearts. Father, I thank you for what you've done in Carter today. Lord, I thank you because it's, it's my battle cry. It's my, my weapon of victory is to have thanksgiving and praise and worship, Father. And I thank you for what you've done in him today. Lord, we give ourselves to you, to all sincerity, knowing that before we can go forward and understanding how we love you with our thoughts, our strength, and our emotions, Lord, we got to do all that with all sincerity. God, I pray that your word would stay with us, that it remain in our heart, we would guard our heart.
Father, I pray that you keep your people. You bless us. God, bless our, our homes, our families. Lord, the struggles, the trials, the sicknesses. Lord, move in this family. I thank you, Father. I worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.